1: Good morning, Cleveland. I'm here with my co host, Jack Duffin and Ian. Right, right, right. Ian, how are
0: you? I'm good, baby. I'm good. We got snow falling here in the great city of Chicago. Excellent. And, Jack, where in the world are you today?
2: Oh, I'm where I am every day now. It's uh, nice and exciting. I am in my living room, and I'm not going anywhere anytime soon.
1: Well, let's just start the show. It's obviously a Browns podcast, but I'm going to make an exception today. Obviously, the coronavirus is affecting all of us around the world. Everyone's washed their hands. And just a real quick headlines. Jack, how's the coronavirus affecting you?
2: To be fair, NFL Free Agency is keeping me sane, Uh, playing a lot of PlayStation, but um, we'll get there. Um, Still losing weight, diet's going strong. um, So... Yeah, there's a lot of people living a lot worse than I ever have, so uh, I can't complain.
0: Ian, how is uh, everything with the coronavirus affecting you? Uh, Luckily, my work is considered essential business, so we've been swamped this week with work, so it's been keeping me busy in that sense. Um, But I will say dieting in this time is going to be a lot rougher, Jack. You're just going to be sitting around with all this time on your hands, so you're going to have to be very disciplined about your, uh, your eating habits. Excellent. And myself, all I'm doing is making
1: cooking programs because I am bored out of my mind. But let's get back onto the Browns podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the offense and we're going to talk about position rooms, who the players are, what areas do we need? And let's just start off with, guys, the callback room. How are we looking? Jack?
2: So, starters locked in. Backups locked in. Them two done. We know where Mayfield is. We know where Keenum is. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with the third quarterback. Garrett Gilbert is not going to be around past camp, but they might draft someone, pick up a UDFA that they like, or maybe someone from the XFL, and they roll with them. And um, where Barry came from, Philadelphia, he's been with that sort of three quarterback mindset, which. Uh, how he's really keen on. So have your starter, have your experience back up and then have a rookie young guy that can hopefully develop into something usable. Might trade him, but just giving you that extra option.
1: Jack, just to educate me on this, uh, so you, think, you think Gilbert's not safe then as that third quarterback? He,
2: he's, he's old. He's like, what, 29 off the top of my head. Um, someone can fact check that, but uh, he's not a young, promising quarterback that you want as your third QB. Um, We'll go find someone else that can do the business. He, he's not like it.
0: Ian, your views on that, mate? The only thing is, is you got to remember, Gilbert has that tie to Baker. Um, he, him and his brother are good friends with the Mayfield. They've known each other a long time. So sometimes having that camaraderie is good. Uh, I think Gilbert's 28. So all-time leading passer in AAF history. Uh, you, can't, you can't just set aside facts like that. I think that... He's a good option if you can't – if you don't fall in love with somebody else, you don't have to rush out to overdraft somebody. Like, if somebody you like falls, you could end up keeping him. But for the most part, having that third quarterback in Garrett Gilbert isn't going to kill you. I'd say he's 50-50 whether he's going to be on the squad.
1: All right. And um, who's the uh, quarterback coach name? Trying to get ready for the season. I'm trying to get everyone's names in my good old,
0: head. Good old the Alex Van Pelt, who's going to be OC and QB coach. And how do we feel about the coach with that team? I like Van Pelt. I mean, when you start getting accolades and praises heaped your way from uh, Aaron Rodgers, that says you're doing something right. And the fact that he actually made Ryan Finley last year in Cincinnati a respectable starter um, tells me that he at least knows what he's doing, has a little bit better of a mold of clay to work with with Baker. But I like the fact that he's a technical guy. I like the fact that he stresses fundamentals, whether it's, you know, the simpleness of flipping a foot in terms of your shotgun, whether you're left foot front or right foot front. I mean, it just shows that he has a passion for the position. And I think Mayfield could really use some hard coaching. Excellent. Well, let's move swiftly on, if everyone agrees, to
1: to Jack's favorite room, the running back room. And uh, Jack, you've been getting a lot of abuse online today about this one.
2: Uh, Well, some people not really understanding what I've been saying all along. So athleticism is the only real difference between running back A and running back B. So it's just going and finding that guy. Um, We saw the chap um, who had been on the Browns um, roster, actually. wasn't just on the practice squad. The 49ers. Went to the 49ers, obviously ripped it up in the playoffs. Raheem
0: Mostert, baby.
2: Mostert. I knew it was an M. Couldn't think of his surname. Running back, I just I don't have the uh, IQ to store them guys' names. It just slips out of my mind.
0: Well, he ended up marrying a Cleveland girl too, so that just shows you how wise he is. <laughs> but
2: it's one of them that athleticism is the key thing. So when someone says all running backs are basically the same, yeah, you can get a running back that isn't particularly good, like a Hilliard. Probably is not in the same athletic mold as a Nick Chubb. Um, but if you can find good athletic athletic ability. They're more or less um, replaceable. So got two more years of Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. We've got one more year of him. He's on a second round tender. No one's touching that second round tender, as we discussed. If they put a second rounder on him, no one is touching that. There's always the the hope or the chance that some team comes knocking and they trade a third, um, or a fourth, and a sixth, something like that, and then send his. Uh, contract someone else, and then they sign him to an extension. Tampa's a possible one. And then behind it, there's not really much. Um, they'll bring in a couple of names, maybe someone in sort of round six and seven, a um, couple of UDFAs. There'll be a couple of more names added to that room for training camp. And then it's just whoever does the best on the special teams. They're not going to be entirely bothered on what they do as a running back. Um, as your third and fourth running back, we might only keep three. Then uh, it's all about what you're doing on special teams.
1: So, uh, Ian, do you think uh, Hilliard and uh, Ernest Johnson have got a good chance of being on our roster come September?
0: Just like Brown's Twitter is saying Jack is dead wrong when it comes to the skills required for being a running back, I would say athleticism does not is not the number one factor because if you go back a few years, the Browns had one of the most freakishly athletic running backs I've ever seen in Trent Richardson, and that guy had the vision of... Of Ray Charles. He couldn't see shit. So he would legitimately have an open hole, one gap on either side and plow his helmet into the number of of, of one of our offensive linemen. It was one of the most astonishing things I'd ever seen. So I think when you look at a guy like Mostert, Mostert's not a freakish athletic guy. He's very fast in straight line speed, but he has good vision. So there's certain intangibles that you can't really teach. Like as a running back, you either can see it or you can't. So, like, when you look at Dontrell Hilliard versus Nick Chubb, it's not the fact that their athleticism is probably all that different because they're both probably one percenters in terms of athleticism. One guy just possesses a skill set in vision and lateral ability that other guys don't. Now, we would agree in the sense that I'm not paying, you know, Ezekiel Elliott money or Todd Gurley money to these guys because the difference between, you know, say – the Broncos going out and getting an undrafted free agent like Philip Lindsay, who gets them over a thousand yards, and then going out and paying sixteen million dollars to Melvin Gordon, a former first round pick, how much better is Gordon gonna do? You need to find guys with vision, guys with feet, and guys that can run, because at the end of the day, very few times in a season is a running back going to hit four, 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 five speed in a straight line and try to get caught from behind. So what makes Nick Chubb a home run hitter isn't necessarily the fact that he's a 4-5 guy. It's the fact that he has great vision, strength, and power, the opposite of what, quote-unquote, athleticism would bring.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm not saying default athleticism as who runs the quickest 40. Um, It's sort of the breakaway uh, speed, the agility. Um, But yeah, obviously, if a player's not smart enough to see the hole and move, that more or less factors in at all 53 positions um if you're a punter and you've got a really good leg but you can't understand where you're meant to be kicking the ball you're not going to be on the roster so there's obviously a, a base level of intelligence and key to any function you're doing within the league but having that gift to, to the speed um I, I've, I've got his name again begins with M. um who retouches uh, most he is track and field guy in the past. He absolutely lights it up. So whether it's a sweep and um, he's running at speed of light, a lot of it comes down to how good is your O-line, how good is your passing game, because the passing game is why Gurley was good. It wasn't about the run game. It was that the, they used 11 personnel and cleared the box out for that space. And then how good is your quarterback and everything else? So lots of it is around the scheme, um what the quarterback's doing what the passing game's doing what the offensive coordinator and play call is doing um but yeah there's not any great difference between someone you can get in the fourth round and someone you get in the first all it is is the amount of value and then in terms of fantasy football who's going to get more touches of the ball that's the only thing that draft value really matters for so the fact that nick chubb went in the second lindsey wasn't drafted quite frankly there's not really anything between them
0: and it and I get it with running backs there's certain guys I value more the Saquons the McCaffreys the guys that can do multiple things but you know then you have guys like Devontae Freeman who are just see hole hit hole kind of guys those are the ones I think you really can get later in the draft you know you find these guys all over the map that are just the offensive line has a good scheme opens up a hole and they know my job is to run as hard as I can through that hole. I last three to four years in the league. I get some money and I move on. And that's why, you know, I'm a big fan of next year when we are able to extend Chubb. I sit there. I wouldn't have a problem if at Nick Chubb's third year, after his third year, we give him a Melvin Gordon type deal where it's that two, three years extension. So he's right in that five, six years. And then at that point there, I, you know, I understand that his career is going to be shortened, but you need guys like Dontrell Hilliard, you know, Dearness Johnson, Kareem Hunt, you know, you need guys like that to spell carries. So you don't end up like Derek Henry running him 300 times in a year. Yeah,
2: the the issue with that saying you would give Chubb that deal, you can find him and ask him, but he's going to say no. Um, his agent's never going to allow him to sign a two year deal after year three where his career effectively ended after five years in the NFL, he is going to take a four-year deal. There's sort of that minimum you see for running backs. So if he's taking that four-year deal, you're giving him eight in terms of length. Obviously, there's going to be an out after, say, year six, maybe year seven. Um, but yeah, if you're talking about a one-year extension, it's something you could consider. But the only way you're
0: extending for, say, one year is using a franchise tag. Um, to get that- and I think that that's going to become more and more of a thing where the Titans are doing that, where, you know what, we'll give you one year money. We have it. I just think that, and you know, Paul, I'd love to hear your thoughts. These girly, these Zeke's, these big contracts are just blowing up in their faces and everyone would say, Oh, well it's not girly's contract. It's Goff's." I get it. But paying him what they paid him is insane and you're never going to get the value out of it. So I don't understand, you know, in the future, if I'm an agent, I'm going to want to maximize right after my third year, get me my contract, get me a few more years. And then I'm going to try to go to be a backup running back somewhere else and try to just stay on as long as I can, because the NFL, you get a different, I think the the seventh year you become full in the NFL, like vested player program. I think you need to be seven years to hit the hundred percent. So a lot of these guys, it's about getting to that seventh year.
1: Yeah. My view on it guys is just simply that it feels like the running back market is just losing more and more power all the time. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I wonder how extreme it's going to get over the next few seasons.
0: Did Gordon sign the biggest running back deal this offseason? Was he the one or did someone sign more than him I missed?
2: I think there's only been two running backs signed in Jordan Howard and uh, Gordon. I haven't seen what, anyone else signed. So, What uh, did Howard get? I don't even remember. Three, four million maybe tops. Um, that's just a guess.
1: Quick question, guys. Um, I'll ask both of you the same question. Do you really want Hilliard or Ernest Johnson to be on the roster or you don't really care?
2: it's special teams whoever's doing the best and that's not for me to decide so we might only keep because we're going to touch on fullbacks next we might only keep three traditional running backs so um, it's down to a special teams race and let Prefer decide unless there's someone with upstanding outside that they get in as a uh, UDFA or sixth, seventh round pick then um, Prefer I think is going to have the call rather than whoever's in the running back room Mm-hmm. I think
0: Jack, I think Jack's right on this one. Actually, I think the signing of the receiver JoJo Natson actually eliminates Dontrell Hilliard's value because one thing he did was a returner, whether well or not. I think I, I'd be shocked if both if Hilliard or DeAndre Johnson's on this team because you could feasibly keep Chubb, Hunt, your fullback, and then just a low-drafted guy or a UDFA, and there's your third one, you know, because you have a returner now, so you're not going to be using Hilliard on that.
1: Yeah, I agree, guys. I um. I can see both of them not making our roster. I was actually quite disappointed with Hilliard in the NFL season. I expect he had a great preseason, but I expected more from him during the season. All right, guys, I think let's just keep moving on this. Let's go to a position room that we haven't really discussed a lot over the last few years. It's now suddenly quite interesting, the fullback room. And my first question to you, Jack, is, do you think we will
2: take two fullbacks through into the season or just the one? It's just going to be one, and it's going to be um, Janovic, unless something miraculous happens. Johnny Stanton, it was just there, so they knew they had someone. It gives them some options and stuff with camp when that comes. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much a a lock. Unless he gets injured, Janovic is going to be the – it's not a starting fullback, but the only number one fullback on the roster.
0: Yeah, the only way I could see them keeping that second guy – is if he's actually more of kind of that set the valve H back flex where they like him as as opposed to a carrying that fourth tight end where maybe you flex Stanton out because he is a freak athlete. He was actually a quarterback in high school, can play receiver, can play running back and play fullback. So Stanton has a lot of athletic abilities. So you could look in that tight end room and maybe if they keep like, you know, Hooper, Najoku, and then one of the other guys, you could actually have Stanton be kind of that fourth tight end, H back, fullback role, and that's the only way I could see them keeping the second one. Otherwise, it's going to be just Jamich.
2: Yeah, and let's is phenomenal on special teams um, and becomes a sort of hundred percent of special team snaps, which is going to be really tough. But um, yeah, he could turn into some sort of Taysom Hill freaky player. Um, If they had time, I think with a shorter off-season and potentially uh, impacted by coronavirus and losing training time, that might make it harder for him. But don't be surprised if he drops onto the practice squad um, because I think he's really young into his uh, career.
1: Yeah. Well, let's move on to the uh, tight end room. This is where it gets a bit more interesting. Hooper and Juku, Carlson and P Brown are penciled in, if I'm correct. Anyone I missed?
2: Yeah, so they're the only three names. And just to give a shout-out. Four Four names. Four names. Um, Shout-out to Brendan Leister. We're using his um, depth chart. Um, Fantastic guy. Um, Go and check him out on Twitter. He updates it every single move, adding in the new players. So uh, if you're wondering where the Browns room is, just uh, jump over there. It's a really, really good resource. I use it all the time. Um, And he's an absolute top chap. Any question you've got, drop him a tweet. But um, you've got the room. Hooper and Njoku locked in. Um, they've said they're going to give Njoku the fifth-year option. That might change now. Fifth-year option rules have changed in the CBA. But um, I think he'll still get the fifth-year option, even though it's fully guaranteed. And the tiers, which were there before, are now gone. So it makes it a much more expensive deal, about $8 million fully guaranteed. Um, Carlson, for me, is a lock to make the roster. Farrah Brown... Probably won't. Um, I think that's going to be an interesting battle between different other options, what they sort of want to do with the offense, um, who they draft. Could be a day three pick, probably slightly later. Or it might be a UDFA that comes in. But uh, P Brown, sorry, lad, you're going to be struggling.
1: It's absolutely amazing, though, that Njuku's coming into his fifth year. Is that right?
2: Uh, four, uh, he's coming into his fourth year. But uh, the 2nd of May is the deadline for giving the fifth-year option, which will be next year's contract um, in the 2021 season. And you think he's going to get that as well, yeah? They've said they he would get it. But since that was said, they have seen um, the terms for what that fifth-year option would have been about $4 million, um and only guaranteed for injury. That's changed since then to about $8 million and mm. fully guaranteed. So... That is a slight change, which might cause them to reevaluate,
0: but we'll find out soon enough. All right. And uh, how are you finding that room, Ian? Well, I think now that you bring in Stefanski, that room becomes a lot more interesting because we're talking about uh, a coach that runs a lot of 22, 21 personnel with that two tight end package. So you're going to have two tight ends on the field a lot more than we've seen in the past. So Najoku has struggled mightily in terms of his blocking over the years, so I can't see him being a dominant, like, in-line blocking tight end all of a sudden. That's just not really his game. But you do have the opportunity to split him out a little bit wider, line him up even in the slot. It gives you some matchup you know, questions with Hooper on one side and Njoku on the other. Heck, you could even see the Browns go with a three tight end if they really like something and bring in another big inline blocker or if Carlson proves his value. So you're going to see a lot of kind of that pseudo 2012-2013 New England Patriots offense where they ran predominantly two large tight ends over the middle because you don't have – I mean, Beckham, Landry, all these guys, they're not over-the-middle guys. So you're going to want to send size up the middle, which is something we haven't had in the past. This is a really bad tight end draft. So aside from maybe like, you know, I know everybody loves Adam Troutman from Dayton and a few of the other guys later in the draft. I just don't see the Browns utilizing much capital uh, in terms of draft capital. The first two days, we might see a fifth, sixth, seventh round guy. I mean, I don't think we have a fifth. Um, We may do something late, but for the most part, I think they're going to go with, three maybe four tight ends and it comes down to like i said stanton Farrell, brown or a udfa you're not going to see much action in the room with the top two guys being set unless they trade i
2: just throw another name out there we might see the return of ricky seals jones he was never really going to get the tender Uh, um what was it about 2.4 2.5 Um, check on the tender but it it would have been the lowest um, tender he wasn't going to get that much but it's one that we might go out there and go hey we're going to give you a a million um, non-guaranteed we'll give you a hundred grand come to camp Um, so that could be something um, it wouldn't surprise me if they go out and sign another tight end um, someone on that really really cheap end um, particularly with a bit of blocking interest, maybe not Ricky Sills jones then, but another name. So don't be surprised if there's another name coming in in free agency.
0: Yeah. The only thing is, is um, you could see them, you know how these teams are going to be doing these cap cuts. You may see a guy get cut that they add in later on. Um, Ricky Sills jones was kind of a Freddie Kitchens type of guy. I know they were friends from their time in Arizona where he was a tight ends coach. I don't see him coming back, but I do see if somebody gets cut that they like, maybe the 49ers have a guy, the Vikings have a guy lower in the roster that's cut. You can see him come in. That's really the only other way they're going to add to that tight end room.
1: Yeah, and guys, uh, do we see um, three or four tight ends going into the roster, do you think?
2: I think it's got to be four just because of the way they're going to be used. Um, I'd say the top three names are locks. It's just, will Farah Brown make the roster? Um, will someone else impress? It's going to be one of them that, as a fourth tight end, same as like the third running back, special teams is going to play a massive impact. So uh, whoever looks the best, if they get someone in that's a bit more of a blocking specialist, that person could really push themselves above Carlson on the uh, depth chart and probably get more use, even though Carlson, he has some solid upside.
0: Yeah, really the model you can look at is the Saints over the last couple of years have used um, Zach Lyon as their fullback. They've used Josh Hill as a tight end to go with guys like Ben Watson, and you know they've ran a bunch of guys in there as kind of a tight end, but they've always kind of had those two fullback, tight end, flex kind of guys. So I see the Browns going that route. Minnesota did it a little bit with C.J. Ham, Kyle Rudolph, Irv Smith, and those guys. So, like I said, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a heavy room, but it's more gonna be the utilization this year that we've never seen in the past. You know, I'd say five ten years with the Browns. And who's the tight end coach at the moment? I don't know. All these weird coaches. It's, that, it's guys. that, no, it's that receivers guy from Minnesota who came to the Browns, Drew, Drew Pearson, I think is his name. He actually was Norv Turner's assistant way back in the day. And then the, um, he was the receivers coach in Minnesota. And then he came here as the uh, tight ends coach. Well, um, thanks
1: a lot, Ian, the head of uh, coach positions at the Paul Brown Podcast. He seems to know all. Drew Petzig is his name, Drew Petsig. Yeah and who's the running back coach is it stomp Stompy, baby
0: stomp didn't yeah. go anywhere
1: good is a big, fullback?
0: Big, big bushy beard
1: is there a fullback coach or he just
0: running back coach same guy Yeah. okay
1: all right guys i think let's move on to the uh wide receiver room next um i think obviously you've got odell and landry can you see any of them two moving on
2: no so they're both a lock for this year um Pretty likely that one of them is traded next year. So uh, heads up, guys, here's your year's notice. So uh, enjoy what those guys are going to do this year because um, there's a good chance one of them moves on. And uh, when Samuel Watkinson, I feel confident it's all when he's actually cut, um, we go back to having the most expensive wide receiver tandem for the second year running. But behind that, there is some desperate need. Um, I feel really confident there is definitely going to be a free agent coming in. Probably just a one-year, really short-term deal. I'd quite like it to be a two, um, just to give us that security into next year if you're trading off one of those bigger names. Um, Higgins is obviously... I'd say you're rolling out
0: the red carpet for Hollywood.
2: Bills has sort of been the strongest links we've seen so far um, on Twitter, but um, it's one that is somebody else, someone nice and cheap.
1: Jack, uh, Sammy Watkins, uh, where's that coming from? Like, Why are you confident on it?
2: Oh, just because his cap number is completely unsustainable for his level of play. So it's not linked to us. He's just he's going to get okay. cut by the Chiefs, which will make um, OBJ and Landry the most expensive tandem again, because they were last year. They're not on course to be this year, just because he's got an insane number and definitely getting cut.
0: Well, and I will yeah. say you have to now rival this Tampa Bay because they've obviously got Ed- Evans and Godwin, but there's talk now with uh, Julian Edelman getting his way down there. They'll be surprised if Tampa Bay ends up with a pretty expensive wide receiver room.
2: It's, in terms of the tandem, it's uh goblin still in his rookie deal. So uh, that's going to be a lot cheaper.
0: But if Edelman goes down there, that'd be what? 10, yeah. 11 million.
2: He's not getting that much money. So uh, yeah, them two are still going to be number one comfortably.
1: Okay. Well, let's, let's discount Higgins because he's not a Browns. If I'm correct, he's not officially in the building.
2: No, no, I don't think we've had any talk to him yet. So behind that is pretty bare. You've got Ratley, who for me could be a fourth wide receiver on the roster. wouldn't surprise me if we actually carry five. The NFL average is, I think, 5.5, 5.6 off the top of my head. So um, I think we're going to be on the lighter side. Um, Vikings, I think carried four in at the start of last season. It was something ridiculously low. They obviously added one, but um that's there, and then you've just got some other names d j. Montgomery, umcadederll Hodge, taiwan Taylor, um Jimel Moore, um them guys battling out for that sort of fifth spot um uh, who knows it's, it's uh, if we come back to special teams if you're looking at that final spot in a skill room, special teams is the biggest impact, and Mike Prefer probably gets his uh decision there at the end obviously you've got jojo natson who's going to make the roster as a special teamer most likely but will he actually be there probably maybe a sixth wide receiver just the way the depth chart's written because he he has to get recorded in some position room
0: so it's really clear guys we need a wide receiver three yeah yeah well here's the thing about the browns though they're going to be running a lot of these 22s 21s so if you realistically put two tight ends on the field. So say you go with, we'll go with Hooper and Njoku just for shits and giggles, right? And then we put Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb on the field. Well, what do you need three wide receivers for? You can't run three wide receivers, two tight ends and two running backs. So, you know, you have five linemen and a quarterback. So you only have five positions left. And if we run two tight ends, two running backs, we only have one wide out. We run two wide receivers. We have one running back. So if you go 21, that third wide receiver is going to be a very underutilized person. So, you know, that's where your guys like I – th- I don't see Ratley sticking around. I don't see DJ – DJ Montgomery, maybe. He flashed a little bit in camp last year. Taiwan Taylor, no. I mean, he, he was a Dorsey guy brought in. Uh, Kaderil Hodge, yeah, he did a lot on special teams. So – but from the production you need out of that third wide receiver, that's why – that market right now for wide receivers is next to nothing in free agency. You, if you can bring back Hollywood on a little short deal, prove it deal, um, I have no problem with that. But for the most part, draft somebody fast. If you want to get somebody maybe in that second or third round, um, get me a speed guy that can open up the top of the defense. So if you do decide to go with maybe a no back set or you do go with 12 personnel or something like that, you have a guy that can run deep because as of right now, You're not going to send Beckham and Landry on just deep posts all day long.
1: So we can see a uh, a draft in someone maybe day two, day three, definitely.
0: Yeah,
2: I uh, I think we're definitely going to have a shot on probably round three rather than round two, but I think they'll definitely grab someone. It's a really, really good draft, so you can get decent value even on the third round. Um, Other times, those players would be just sort of on that first, second round uh, sort of balance, so you're going to be able to grab one of them. I think part of the reason why you do need to go grab someone is because there's health issues. OBJ and Landry both have health concerns. If they were fully fit, I'd have a lot more comfort with going, Look, just draft someone in the third round and, and let's see what happens. Um, obviously, there's that wide battle for like the four fifth spots. Um, do they potentially make Jojo Natson sort of the fifth, sixth, and carry six? That might be something that there just happens because. They seem pretty keen to get him onto the roster. Um, But yeah, health's a massive factor with those two big names. And also to give you that flexibility to do some different stuff. Um, If you want to play the slot, you could obviously move Jarvis inside, but you might want that outside name. And some sort of continuation that you can not rip down the entire wide receiver room next year because you want to build that chemistry of Baker. So if you get someone in, two-year deal, that allows that sort of chemistry to grow.
1: And just a real quick question. So you think wide receiver three is more important than uh, tight end three, for example?
2: Oh yeah, hundred percent because um, you're very rarely going to see two running back sets. It's not something that often, obviously two tight end sets will happen quite a lot, but I think you probably put all three of them on par running back two, tight end um, two and wide receiver three. Um, there was still quite a lot of three wide receiver sets, even though it was the lowest in the league for the Vikings. It, it was used a fair amount. I think it was still more than their sort of two wide receiver set. Um, but it's one where I put all three of them on a par um, in terms of usage. Um, so we'll see rotation.
0: Look at San Francisco. San Francisco didn't use it often either. And I mean, Jojo Natson's five foot seven, 150 pounds. He's not playing wide receiver in the NFL. I mean, no, no,
2: but he's he's on the depth chart. wide receiver, remember,
0: right? He has to be. Now that there's this new CBA, didn't they add those two roster spots for kind of like a specialist?
2: Uh, One has to be an O lineman, um, and one can be anything else.
0: But I thought if you already, you just have to have a minimum of eight linemen active on game day.
2: Yes, uh, but there is a sort of a raise of the ceiling. Okay, I
0: was going to say, because Natson's not a guy there, but I think the route, and just from a draft standpoint, and we can move on to the next one, is the Browns are either going to look at a speed guy, you know, say like a KJ Hamler, somebody that's going to be out of this slot that's moving quick, or they could go with a big guy on the outside, because like Jack was saying, with the durability of Odell and Jarvis, you could look at like a Chase Claypool, a Colin Johnson, somebody that's big, but if I'm not mistaken... I also looked a lot of times when I was watching Minnesota games, they line the tight end up outside and bring a receiver in. So I'd be curious if maybe they run Odell inside and put Hooper or somebody to the outside. That'd be interesting to see.
1: All right, guys, we've got five minutes. Let's smash the O-line. I'm going to start off with JC Tretter in the center spot. He's locked on. Joel Batonio, left guard, locked on. Right tackle, Conklin, locked on. Over to you guys. I think the rest is open for uh, grabs at this point.
2: Yeah, so right guard, you've just got a straight battle there between Teller and Forbes. Um, Both have got a good shot. It's probably the um, closest battle in the entire roster currently for uh, who becomes a starter. So um, that's one to keep an eye on. Um, Whoever doesn't basically becomes the fourth interior. Um, Kendall Lamb is currently starting left tackle don 't be surprised if we they bring in another tackle free agent, probably something like a one two million um, similar deal probably to Kendall Lamb, just to be that extra body chris Hubbard 's getting traded um, or cut that'll probably happen nearer the draft um, around that sort of time there 's no difference in cut such trade, so we can let that roll and then the other names none of them are making the roster they 'll uh, add sort of your uh, Fifth interior O lineman, um, whether that's trade, whether that's picking them up, um, that's something that will, will just happen. You look around nine O linemen, four tackles, five on the interior, so um, there's a couple of spots to fill. And uh, currently number 10 or a trade down, you're definitely getting a uh, OT in the day one, uh, first two rounds,
1: Jack. So, there's no way you can see Hubbard making this roster,
2: no, not on no. the money he's on, he's getting traded, it's just when's the most value um this is the sort of front office that got a four from a punter so uh they'll they'll get hubbard traded
0: what about like that june 1st designation you see him maybe hanging around that long
2: oh no no there's no sort of impact on that um it's a signing bonus so they're not worried about um it's 2.4 million of dead cap so when he's moved it's not really going to be a cap consideration
0: I could I could see your guys in the O line room being you know just if we were starting today we have Lamb, Batonio, Treader, Teller, Conklin those five I think Forbes and Willie Wright I think they liked Willie Wright last year but remember we have a new O line coach so that's always a possibility as well so Forbes maybe your sixth you could see him bringing in maybe like a veteran like a Josh Klein uh, the guy who just got released from Minnesota but for the most part you're going to keep a spot for that uh, the rookie that they're going to draft either in day one or day two. Um, but yeah, I can't see Hubbard sticking around, Pridgen, Gossett, any of those guys. They're, they're gone. So let's do some quick maths here, guys. We think Lamb's going to stay,
1: is going to stay, Treacher, stay, Forbes, a stay, Taylor, fo- uh, Teller, a stay, Con- Coughlin. Coughlin. So there's four new O line needs to come
2: in. Three, three. So two tackles and one on the interior. Um, yeah, he's right. Really, Willie Wright could be that fifth. Um, on the interior can play a bit of center. So that's important uh, because you need ideally three players that can snap. Um, But yeah, left tackle, they might go and draft two. That might be the plan. If they draft one sort of early and then they might draft one in say the fifth round um, and sort of have just that extra body. So if they don't go free agency, I still think they're bringing in two. Um, But that sort of depth one, that's trying to develop that person into a swing tackle, because if they can take a fifth round pick and in a year's time they're a swing tackle and Lamb's able to finish his contract and move on, that's a really beneficial position to have. So um, don't be surprised if uh, we don't quite grab one in free agency, but we do pick one up late in the draft, not a pick that really matters, say a fifth.
0: And I still think you got to keep your eye out on the veteran. Um, I know Washington was expecting people to just lay down the red carpet for Trent Williams, and they found that nobody's walking that carpet. Um, so you could see a guy like Trent Williams traded later on, closer to the draft. But I want to say the asking price. I think they, Ira Kaplan had originally said they were looking for a two, and nobody obviously wanted to touch that. So you could see the Browns maybe making a late play, maybe a, a day three pick at most. Uh, Jason Peters is still out there. He says he'll play left or right side. They could bring a veteran in, but if they do that, I see Lamb being the odd man out. So I would say that the market is still open for the outside uh, offensive line help in free agency.
1: So just to round it up, guys, we're saying definitely that wide receiver three is a position we're looking to fill. Obviously, two or three people on the O-line and then maybe some depth at running back and tight end. That's how we're kind of looking in priority at the moment.
2: Yeah, the only name of any interest that will get added on the offense is going to be that wide receiver three and free agency. And then in the draft, there's some spots um, and they'll look to replace some players um, in the draft. But uh, yeah, wide receiver, a couple of names come in. The rest is going to be an offensive tackle getting drafted high. The rest is going to be quite later picks.
1: All right, guys. Well, the next episode's all going to be around the defense. Ian, where can people find your details? Ian19 on Twitter Jack your details
2: uh, Jack Duffin on Twitter D-U-F-F-I-N and the next show is coming just tomorrow guys not long to wait we just brought you two Corona special um, let's keep the stuff rolling
1: and you can find me at TikTok Paul Brown underscore UK guys great show thank you very much I'm looking forward to talking about the defence very soon <laughs>